The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show. We talk week one overreactions. Graham Wallace from Jays Journal joins us to talk Toronto Blue Jays and other uh, MLB news. And the ever-so-popular add and drop segment where we'll talk about and give to you the best fantasy advice you can get anywhere in the world. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Play ball! Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com, Righteous Felon Jerky, and Mahler Bros Golf. I'm your host, Vince Stover, and I am joined today, as I am usually, by my friend and senior fantasy baseball writer for BellyUpFantasySports.com, the one and only Kevin Wilson. Hey, Kev. Hey, Vince. How's Kentucky right now? You know what? It's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> we, got, we got some good spring weather in. Um, we got baseball going on. Uh, baseball. Overall, it's a, it's a it's a good situation. It is, and uh, we we had a great weekend here in Texas as well. The storms passed out of here Friday before they became nasty elsewhere, and so uh, uh, we were able to go outside and uh, have some lunch. Yeah. So life is good. Life is good, and Thursday we had uh, the uh, first pitch, uh, every team in action. I, listen, Kev, I've been watching. Okay, so I've got I've got MLB TV through my right. phone service, so I watch all the Brewers games. This year they're showing minor league baseball games, so I'm getting to watch. I watch the Brewers game. When that's done, I go over to the Nashville Sounds game to watch the Brewers prospects and the team that I grew up watching in Nashville. Uh, it's been fun. It's been neat. It's a neat addition to MLB TV this year. So, yeah. So, baseball, that's all more you need to say. I know <laughs> there's other stuff going on in, in the world. and There is. Final Four and everything else. But baseball, it's given us everything we could possibly ask for so far. Yeah. You know, it's funny. With Well, back in the COVID time, when everything shut down, we kept saying, man, baseball should be playing. There's no reason for them not to. They could be the only thing on. Well, this year, you come around, there's other things on, but who really cares about UConn, San Diego State? Uh, I know I don't. People don't. Um, so you, they got this great opportunity for baseball to steal the show. You got the NFL draft coming up. Um, you got you know NBA yeah. stuff kind of winding down, whatever, NHL stuff too, but Right now, baseball rules the roost. And again, that's a big part of the World Baseball Classic being so awesome. All eyes are on baseball right now. Right, and as they should be. And uh, as, I, as I've as i said, baseball is delivering yeah. the games that I've seen. You've got runs going on, but you also have strong pitching going on. And uh, guys that we're going to overreact to and all that here in a minute. Yeah. And uh, so you got stars that's struggling, but everything you could possibly ask for is, in fact, right there for everyone to see. Just open yeah. your eyes and baseball. Yeah, and three games in for most teams, four games in for some teams. When we talk into the fantasy baseball, we have to wonder, how could we overreact? And so for today's first segment, uh, our fantasy burner segment. <laughs> We're going to try real hard right here. Let's get into our fantasy burner. <laughs> 
Our Fantasy Burner segment is presented by Mahler Bros Golf. Uh, we all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good with their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body. You'll feel cool while also looking just as cool. The polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you'd rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want the loud design and others for those who want a subtle or sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off your purchase. Uh, our fantasy burner topic today, Kev, is opening weekend fantasy overreactions. You got some guys who are killing it, and then you've got other guys uh, being killed. So much. <laughs> yes, being killed. That's a great, great one. So I'm going to start this segment, Kevin. Okay. Um, for my overreaction from opening weekend, Kyle Schwarber and Alex Bregman, both of them negative two points to start off the year. You should probably just get rid of them. They are going to be absolutely nothing <laughs> all season long. So there you go. You should probably trade them to Vince in your league um, because they're they're. Oh, not- yeah, you know, if you happen to be on the phone or something, you could always switch over. Call me up. <laughs> I'll take all calls on either or. Well, maybe not so much Bregman because I already have two third basemen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you're uh, looking to move Kyle Schorber, you can certainly call me. Schwarber and Bregman, both uh, negative two points coming in uh, to this this uh, new week. And uh, and again, we, we're talking about opening weekend, right? It's got to look at matchups uh, a little bit. You got like, if you're not your pitcher isn't going to be able to pitch against the, the Tigers every single game. No. So just because he started off hot against the Tigers doesn't mean that next week when he's playing the Padres, he's going to be as good. Um, what, what's your opening weekend overreaction? Well... I'm wondering how our uh, esteemed Philadelphia <laughs> brethren are reacting to the fact that both Aaron Nola and um, it's escaped me. Zach Wheeler? Yeah, Zach Wheeler, right? They both got blowed up, all right? <laughs> and so there was a question that I was seeing on uh, on fantasy baseball, and the question was, how much leash do you give a starting pitcher who pitches not well? And that all depends on the pitcher. Sure. Right? So if anybody out there, I know you've got Aaron Ola, don't you? I ben? do. Yeah. Okay. So if you're uh, looking to move him, you can call me up, right? You, we could we could consummate a trade right now, I'm sure. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so don't don't throw the, the over the side just yet. So because uh, the other overreaction – just how hot are the Texas Ranger hitters right now? Yeah. And uh, can they maintain that? Of course, I don't think they will. Nobody can maintain what they've – they put on 16 runs yesterday. You can't do that. So, uh, so With some of the worst umpiring so far in this very short season, by the way. And <laughs> I, I will support that because yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. Right? So, so don't overreact to uh, Zach Wheeler. Don't overreact to Aaron Nola. Uh, give them some leash a little bit. And um, so those are the two guys that uh, that I'm talking about. And so another guy that I am going to overreact on big time 
because I tried Corey Kluver. Okay. <laughs> He's the opening day starter for the Boston Red Sox. And you're thinking, at least I was, because his next start is against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh-huh. Now, what kind of, that, that lines up well. So I went ahead, I added him to my team, right? He got blown up. And the next day, he was cut. So <laughs> I could overreact all I want to with a guy like that. Yeah. So that's just an example of a guy thing. that, you know, go ahead and overreact on him. Yeah, I did the same thing with Chris Sale, actually. Um, dropped him to pick up somebody else. Oh, he really got blasted. He <laughs> gave up seven runs. Yeah. So, and again, I don't, first I'm not game. sure how much leash do you give that guy because it just yeah. has not gone well for him. Well, and and yeah, that's part of it, right? I mean, I've got Nola and Burns written down as well. Um, Nola with four points, Burns with one point in our fantasy league. Uh, you know, the overreaction would be actually Burns in his last 15 games is five and five with a, I think, 4.14 ERA, something like that. Um, so he's he's not been great or sharp. No. 15 games. Yeah, and, you know, don't don't make mockery of because both you and I had him at the top of our starting pitcher yep. list. Yeah. And so uh so yeah, so don't make us look bad. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh get with the program. And then the other the other overreaction I have is the other direction. Adam Duvall. He started off oh my incredibly hot. The third guy, highest point score yeah. for batters. Um, and some people are gonna go all in on Adam Duvall. I will not be one of those people, Kevin. How about you? It the, the issue with because he only plays outfield. Yeah, and so that is that's, that's a problem for me because you know I've got outfielders, and so I will most likely not be making a move. If you want to go ahead and add him, there's no you know, go ahead. Sure, but don't be expecting he's going to hit two and three and four home runs <laughs> every three four games. Don't expect right. that. Yes, be careful how quickly right. you on some of these guys. Now, if you've got room to to mush through the bottom of your 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 team, by all means, add Which these guys that are hot. Yeah, add these guys that are hot. Get rid of the guys that are cold. But you do got to look because some of these teams, I forget who it was, who was playing. Uh, Tampa Bay was playing Detroit. I mean, Tampa Bay is going to look good playing Detroit, and so is other teams. So learn from that as opposed to picking up the Tampa right. Bay guys. Pick up the guys who are playing Detroit this week <laughs> and, and, and roll with that. All right. All right. That's our fantasy burner brought to you by Mahler Bros Golf. Don't forget to visit MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. 15% off your purchase when you use the code belly up. All right. Just it's time to get to bros, not brothers. Bro. Yes. When bro. you're looking it up on the internet. So. Correct. Uh, all right. Let's get to our second segment. It's our guest segment that we like to call the call to the pit. All right, joining us now in our call to the pin. Uh, well, first of all, before we bring him on, uh, our call to the pin is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. And Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market. Visit RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You get 15% off your purchase. And joining us. Uh, is our good friend that we haven't talked to in a long time, Graham Wallace. Graham, how you doing, man? <laughs> doing well. Doing well, Vince. Uh, always good to be on the sports stove. Uh, good to see you. Uh, good to see you as well, Kevin. Hey, Graham. 
what's what's the good word up there in Canada? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the Blue Jays have been a bit of a disappointment uh, so far the last couple of games, but uh, still have some well, strong pitching has uh, the offense. You got to be happy with so. Yeah, well, the ex- um, on Saturday, not so much. Just the one run scored, and it was on a wild pitch. Uh, but the, the pitching, especially today, uh, was definitely not what I thought it was going to be. But it's early days, very early days, obviously. Yeah, early days for sure. And uh, when you got a team with that much high – and by the way, uh, Graham is, is tied to Jay's journal and has done a lot of work with the Blue Jays, covering the Blue Jays, lives in Canada. I've had too many Canadians on recently, Graham. We had uh, – um, uh, Brent Redlitsky on twice on one of my shows. So, uh, lots of Canadians these days, and we're not even talking hockey. We're talking baseball every time. So, um, (laughs) but, uh, you got a team that has the high expectations. The Yankees obviously are always contending for the, the division. Tampa is on top right now, three and oh, uh, but again, they played the Tigers in that series. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, Kevin have talked about this with the Blue Jays. The expectation is there. Can they fulfill the expectation this year? Well, that's, that's the big question. They made, they made some changes last year after the 92 win, but ultimately very disappointing and crushing loss uh, to the Seattle Mariners in that wild card round. You know, they got a little bit more versatile and they got a little bit more, uh, left-handed hitting as far as Dalton Barstow is concerned and you were to bring in Kevin Kiermeyer and also some World Series championship uh, experience in it with a guy like Brandon Belt. Uh, another big move they made was was bringing in Chris Bassett, but they, he couldn't seem to find the zone today. And when he did, uh, no, it left the ballpark just... in a hurry. Yeah, so yeah, so Chris Bassett is a guy that if you want to overreact on, he's another candidate. We didn't talk about him earlier, but yeah, he got racked. Yeah, you um, definitely drop them off your, your fantasy team, but they, they just have to kind of put it all together, uh, Vince, and, and um, it remains to be seen whether they can do that. But they had to try something different because it wasn't working with the personnel they had uh, in the last couple of years, even though they exceeded the 90-win mark uh, both times. Do you like the Dalton Varsho ad? I really, I, I love it. Um, I think this is a guy that's an ascending player. Uh, he led the league in defensive runs saved last year. Um, he could play in the corner. He actually played in center field today. He had a couple. He had a couple of hits. He was a bright spot. He made a nice sliding catch uh, as well. Uh, you know, he's got four years of team control. And you know, to get a guy like this, you're going to have to give up some quality pieces. And they certainly did that uh, with the young catcher Gabe Moreno and uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. as well. Um, I, look, I think those guys are going to help Arizona out there in the desert. Um, but I think they have a lot more defensive versatility now. Uh, like I said, they have more left-handed hitting, power hitting at that. And uh, you know, the other thing about Varsho is he's a really underrated base runner. Um, this was the first time I really yeah. saw him really. Move- at needle and and he was first to second he didn't even get a really good jump and the play was not close at all i know the bases are a little bit bigger now but um i think he just brings a different uh, kind of dimension to the team uh and you know the other thing is a little underrated part he's a quiet guy you know the jays have a lot of kind of not quiet guys with laddie and george springer and uh it seems like a guy just wants to absorb uh some of the information from some of those other veterans and young stars and uh just kind of soak it all in and, and make it happen yeah, this is the first time. Well, I had Varsho on my fantasy team last year for a short time and traded him. I away. did as well, and uh, I knew I wasn't going to have him because he would not be a, a value this year. 
I got him in a league this year, and uh, yeah, I saw that stolen base pop up on my on my stats sheet. I was like, "Oh, there we go." <laughs> I like I like steals coming from what I have yeah. in my catcher spot, even though he's not playing catcher. Yeah, speaking of steals, the place because we talked about this, Vince. How much would the impact with these rules have? And we didn't think maybe stolen bases would be quite as a big an impact, but they're 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 stealing bases till your eyes bleed. Right. Yeah. They had over 20 stolen bases on Thursday. Yeah. You'd have to go back to 1907 to find more stolen bases. That's 100 years ago. I know. We're talking dads and grandpas probably not even alive back then. So, Graham, do you think this is something that's going to go on all season? Uh, yeah. Look, I think the the rules were, were meant to kind of push the needle, kind of put a bit more pressure on, on the pitching. And I, I think it's going to – Maybe there might not be 20 or 30 stolen bases every day like we saw on Thursday, but I definitely think there's going to be an increase in that. You're going to continue to see games end in that two-hour, 45-minute kind of sweet spot zone, I think. And, you know, pitchers can only throw over a couple times, and if they do it a third time, they better get him, or it's 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 a violation, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So, yeah, it's a box. Um, that's right. It's a it's a box. So the runners would advance. Um, so you know, I think this was the uh, the design of Major League Baseball when they implemented these rules. And I think teams, especially uh, certain teams that have the right pieces to take advantage, are going to continue to do so uh, all the way through October. Speaking, you know, because your division, the Baltimore Orioles stole five mm-hmm. in one game on Thursday. So yep. Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullen, give me some favors. Guy in- right there. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I I got you and I, Vince, for both high on him. Yeah, right. Higher in our rankings and other guys and other platforms had him. I drafted him, and I'm quite pleased because I got seven points, the nine, and another nine. He's so yeah, Cedric Mullen. I can't I can't have yep. Graham on without talking about Rowdy Telez. Today I watched him on a two-two pitch <laughs> take off to try to steal second. And uh, fortunately, the batter hit the ball, and he actually ended up on third base. But he was the the announcer. It was I was listening to the Brewers broadcast, and he was like, "Oh my goodness, Rowdy's running!" <laughs> so he didn't, he didn't get a steal. But I always like to thank thank uh, Graham for sending Rowdy my way uh, to Milwaukee. I would um, imagine you want to be the second baseman. He comes bearing in on you, would you? No, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, these new rules. They have. They've sped up the game. Uh, it's amazing. I didn't think it was going to play that big a role, the pitch clock. Um, but the games move, and they're, and they're a lot easier to watch. And I like watching baseball. You've got games ending in two hours and three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I love That's them. That's the, the extreme end. Yeah. 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 So, do but you I think – because the way I've seen it, it seems like this the pitch clock has affected the batters more than the pitchers. The batters got to get in the, in the box and hit. And not roam around all over the place. They got to get in there and hit. Well, you must have missed the Blue Jays game because Bassett was rattled. He throws eight different pitches, so he actually has something on his glove that that's going to Danny Jansen, who's the Blue Jays catcher today. So he's actually calling his own shots or pitches, if you will. And I think they're going to have to look at that because you know time's ticking. And, you know, like I said, he got completely bombed today. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen all season, but he's in a unique case with all that repertory has all that, all those pitches he has in his arsenal. So he's actually calling his own pitches, which is a, a real unique kind of added layer uh, to this new, uh, new pitch effects thing. 
It is interesting because I've watched, uh, you know, games every day since Thursday. And some pitchers, they I think it helps them because they get in a, a faster routine. They're, they're, they stay in, in the flow of the game, which I think has actually helped some of them. But when they start getting hit, oh, boy. You see them. Uh, you see them really affect them because they can't slow down. They can't take a break. You'll see the the, pit, the coach come out to the mound just to give them a break. You'll see the catcher run out there real quick just to get them take a take a breath. Because what happens? You get give up two two straight hits. Now all of a sudden, you're not you don't have time to clear your mind as a pitcher, <laughs> and and you're just throwing and you keep throwing stuff. But I saw uh, Otani the other day, and I know he's unique in his own way. But he puts the pitch com buttons underneath his sleeve, and he just reaches down and hit. He doesn't even look. He just reaches down and hits a button, and then goes and pitches. Where you got some of these other pitchers, where they have it off in their wrist, on their glove, whatever, and they're sitting there. You see him kind of looking at it and trying to figure it out, push the buttons or whatever. And I think there's some guys that are just geared that way, where they can do it, and other guys that have to learn, or they've got to give it back to the catcher and let the catcher do it for them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects them. But it is affecting everything. The pitch clock's affecting the stolen bases uh, because the pitchers have to get to the to the plate faster. And I heard, I think it was Harold Reynolds saying that you know the the runners are going to figure out these pitchers because they're going to automatically have tells because of the pitch clock. And I find that interesting as well. Where you're seeing these managers, I think you're going to see it in Tampa just because they've been so in front of things. Um, you might see it in Houston. You might see it in Milwaukee. The they got people now that actually get to go back to strategizing in baseball because you're able to pick pick and choose what right. you're doing a little bit better. And that's what the uh, for me yeah. the strategy has always been very key when when it comes to baseball and me because I like to be able to try and figure out okay what do I do in this situation what would I do here what would I pitch here and so strategy is a big part of my enjoyment of the game and, and I suspect you are as well in the ground yeah definitely and and I think if, you know late inning substitutions like for a pinch runner uh is going to be that much more impactful if you could bring in a speedy guy for someone with average or below average wheels um you know if, if it's a tie game or a close game uh that can have a real impact uh, on a game, especially if he's able to get to second base, get into scoring position, and then most likely you're looking at a base hit that's going to that's going to score a crucial run. Uh, so it, it does bring a lot of the strategy back. Um, obviously, we have the designated hitter in both leagues, so that's taken some of that away. But I think you're going to see managers utilizing their entire bench. Uh, you know, a lot of times they're they're using a lot of their bullpen arms as well. So um, it's kind of all hands on deck. And, and that's going to affect AAA players as well. You're going to see more call-ups uh, because, you know, injuries inevitably, ha inevitably happen, but also uh, th there might be guys that get burnt out or, or they're ineffective after a while. So uh, as we always say, it's not just the 26 guys. Usually you need 40 guys or even more than that uh, to, to have a good season and you end up using some guys that uh, you might not think that you, did, you would have at the beginning of the season. Yeah, and you mentioned injuries, and it's interesting. You know, you have a few guys, Robbie Ray injured uh, in his first start. He's going to miss some time. But even before the first start, we spent a lot of time in the offseason talking about the Mets and their new additions. And before the first start of the season, Verlander, uh, he's put up, put on the shelf already. And, and we uh, both said that we don't have – don't put Verlander on our team, please. Yeah, he's old. 
Uh, he's a good pitcher, but he's old, old, old. Uh, do you think the Mets made the right choice in going that direction with their pitching staff? I mean, um, the uh, – oh, no, I just forgot his name. Uh, the guy they had pitched today did great. Same guy? Um, uh, same guy, yeah. Yeah, he had himself a good outing. but And, and Peterson yesterday pitched well. So yeah. that's saving them just a little bit. Do you do you like what the Mets did this offseason, Graham? I mean, I, I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's hard, it's easy to say now that well, they got this old guy and and he's hurt now, so so it was a, it was a terrible move. But I mean, he did win the American League Cy Young Award last year, um, and and they've got an owner who's bold and he's got very deep pockets to Steve Cohen, so he's going to do whatever it takes uh, to put his ball team uh, in in the great position to win. Obviously, the one we're not talking about is Edwin Diaz, which I think could be even more impactful as far as injuries are concerned. Obviously, that was so. that horrible injury that happened in the, in the world baseball classic uh, pitching for team Puerto Rico. Um, but, you know, I still think this is a strong team. They won a hundred games last year. They added uh, obviously considerable talent to that uh, ball club. Uh, but I still kind of think this uh, division is uh, Atlanta's to lose. And you've also got Philadelphia kind of creeping up there as well. Although they haven't had the, the best of starts uh uh, down yeah. there in Texas. No, giving up 16 runs kind of puts a, <laughs> a, a just a slow sale, slows down the team just a little bit. They'll figure it out, I think, but we'll yeah. see. Uh, two more things I want to talk to you about, Graham. Number one, um, I've been bullish on the White Sox this year. I feel like the White Sox are a super talented team. They fixed their manager situation, which was probably the biggest issue they had the last two years, ultimately. Yeah. Because he's like 95 years old. You don't want that. <laughs> Him and Verlander pitched together back in the 40s. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, am I crazy to think the White Sox should be really good this year? I don't think that's crazy. Uh, you know, this is a team that was 500 last year with all the problems that they had and some of the turmoil that was going on seemingly in that locker room. Uh, they bring in the new manager at Pedro Griffel, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, is his name. Uh, they signed Ben Intendi, was their kind of big free agent um, acquisition. Five years, I think, was a little rich for me, but he's still a solid uh, outfielder, a really good hitter. I think he's going to help them. Uh, Dylan Cease, uh, I actually think he's a great pick to win the Cy Young Award this year. He looked absolutely yeah, he's the guy that, that uh, opening I was game like, against Houston. I'm like, no, I'm not in on Dylan Cease, but yeah, he came out and just threw zeros against yeah, the Astro. Me and Kevin are on opposite yeah. sides of the spectrum on Cease. I'm pro Cease. Kevin was, was anti-Cease. So well, I, I don't know about uh, so much anti, but I had him a year ago, and he, he, he was great. You, he was on your bust list, Kevin. So you have I to know, be- I understand that. <laughs> and so, you know, let's not overreact. All right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'm sorry. He's certainly a guy that can pitch that way. Yes. And uh, he just needs to not walk seven guys a game. Sure. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But well, him and I'm, him- I'm with you on, 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 on on cease and the white Sox. to me there's they've got three key offensive performers that need to stay healthy and they need to be productive and that's you know who i'm going to say eloy jimenez uh luis robert and yoan moncada if, if those guys can play more like they were uh in 2021 um you know this has a this is a team that could definitely win that central the central's kind of up for grabs guardians came out of nowhere uh, last year and we're able to get it with some really good pitching and timely hitting uh, Minnesota is going to be in that mix as well. And then, you, you know, Kansas city, Minnesota, they're uh, Kansas city and 
Detroit. 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 Sorry, I couldn't think of the other team. <laughs> They're kind of rebuilding, so it looks kind of like a three-team race. But I, I definitely think the White Sox could could make some noise. Uh, especially with some uh, different thinking uh, from the managerial side, which I think they're going to get this year. Yeah, the guy that really... I was big on, Graham, all and, and Vince knows this. Andrew Vaughn is a guy that I've been really beating the drum for, and so what do you expect out of him this year? Yeah, this is a guy I kind of forgot about. He, you know, first base is his now. Uh, Jose Abreu is, is over uh, down in Houston. So uh, he doesn't need to look over his shoulder anymore. They had him playing in the corner outfield spot, which isn't really what he's suited for. He's more of a first base DH type of guy. Uh, I, I definitely think he's primed for a breakout. I expect him to hit uh, more than 20 home runs and, and really be an offensive catalyst for them, uh, kind of hitting towards the top or maybe in the cleanup spot in that lineup. Um, so uh, if he has a good season, is able to stay healthy as well. He's another one of the guys I kind of forgot about, um, but he, he should go. That should go a long way towards the White Sox having a good season. And like I said, they were eighty-one and eighty-one last year. So if, if they could just creep that up closer to ninety wins, that should be enough to win this division that hasn't been the greatest uh, of the last half decade or so. Yeah, definitely. Jimenez is a guy that I that I was all for this year. I didn't get him in a single league that I'm in because I, I wasn't willing to draft him. I wanted to like a round later, and he kept going before I was ready to get him. But nonetheless, okay, last thing, Graham, that I've got for you is, I mean, we got to talk about Shohei Otani. This guy comes in. He's phenomenal. He has an incredible World Baseball Classic. Um, him and Trout go back-to-back today, which is ex- always exciting. But the big question, Mark, is, is – well, a lot of people ask, does he finish the season in, in, in with the Angels? I think he does. Um, but you can give your thoughts on that. And then ultimately, where does he end up next year? Wow. Um, obviously, you got to look at the Angels and their chances uh, of, of succeeding or success this year. And although they had a nice offseason, bringing in guys like Brandon Drury, Hunter, Hunter Renfrew had that fantastic no-look catch. I don't know if you guys saw it on opening night. It blew Shohei away. Yeah, it was great. Turner Ward is a guy who, who shows great promise out in the other uh, corner outfield spot. Um, I just don't know if they have the pitching beyond Otani. Uh, I know they have a few other guys, Patrick Sandoval, uh, Reed Detmers, are two that come to mind. I just don't know if they've improved enough uh, to, you know, would they win 74 games, I think, last year. I don't know if they're a, a winning baseball team this year. And if, 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 if they're playing out the string in late September – uh, you really and and they don't trade Otani, which is going to be the mega deal of all mega deals. Uh, then you're going to really hear a lot of rumors about where he might end up next year. Um, and I'm just kind of pulling this from the top of my head, but Dodgers are a team that has spent a lot of money over the last several years. And this offseason, you saw them make kind of more under the radar type moves. They go get JD Martinez, and they're they're relying on more of their internal guys that they've kind of brought in. Um, and Trace Thompson is a guy that brings uh, comes to mind. They, they got him in a trade with the Tigers. So maybe they're kind of loading up for a mega deal, maybe using some of those young players and some of their internal uh, prospects and some of their uh, considerable payroll, let's be honest, uh, to try to land a big, a huge fish, the, the biggest one there is in a guy like Shohei Otani. I, I haven't heard anything like this. I know Kevin would love this. That's, that's your team, but <laughs> Um, that, that's just, uh, something I just kind of pulled out, uh, pulled out of the air there. Yeah. So, so if, they're, far, if they're not winning in, in July, do the angels make the trade then? Well, th- they're going to be answering the phone because they're going to be getting a lot of calls about that, but it's going to have to take 
I mean, what's the price for this guy? You, you, you got a top, let's say a top five or 10 pitcher. Um, and then you've got one of the best power hitters around. Uh, he's fast. Um, there's a lot of other opportunities as far as the guy's got a personality. Obviously, um, he, he needs an interpreter uh, for, to, to get that across. But there's a lot of marketing opportunities with him as well, especially if you get him in the right city and the right market. Uh, so you'd have to think it would be two or three all-star level players plus s- some big time prospects and maybe cash. I, I'm not sure what it would take, but it would be an absolute blockbuster uh, to, to end all blockbusters. And uh, this is another thing you talked about the world baseball classic that would get a lot of people talking about baseball. And especially if he ends up on a team, that's, that's really good. Um, it w- how exciting would it be to see this guy in, in October postseason baseball? We got a taste of it uh, with the World Baseball Classic, and that was fantastic. So um, I think that's something a lot of people are looking forward to. Maybe he gets there with the Angels. I just don't see it right now with the current makeup of that team, despite their efforts over the last several months to try to upgrade their roster. Yeah, I've heard Dodgers and Mets as the two leaders, uh, non-Angels leaders to get them. Uh, San Diego has been mentioned as well with the amount of money they've been spending as of late. Uh, as far as free agency, trying to get them on a deal after the season. I think if you're the Angels, obviously you're going to answer the phone. But until you know for certain that he's not going to return, you don't give him up. Like you you do everything in your power to keep him in an Angels uniform because you, you hit it the nail on the head, Graham. He's got international draw. Ninety uh, percent of Japan was watching that world World Baseball Classic game, and they have potential to draw people uh, internationally with him. He has that Yao Ming draw. He has that Kobe draw. Uh, the LeBron draw. He's got it all. And uh, so the Angels, in my opinion, won't trade him because, and unless he's told them, I'm not going to resign with you. I don't think the Angels are going to give up hope until until the ink's dry on someone else's paper. Um, I think they'd be crazy to give him up if they didn't know that he wasn't going to return. <laughs> so who knows? We'll see how it goes. Uh, Graham, I always love talking to you. I always love having you on uh, when we yeah, can. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, I, now, I should have asked you this before, and I apologize I didn't. Are you still writing with Jay's Journal? I am. Uh, so you can catch my articles, uh, jaysjournal.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter uh, at Bus Wallace. Um, you know, I, I'm writing stuff about their uh, Blue Jays, you know, a couple times a week. Uh, the most recent one uh, coming up, I'll look for that tomorrow, is uh, a player they should extend uh, and why, uh, immediately and one that they, sh- they should maybe wait for. So uh, look out for that. Uh, get at me on, on social media. Um, yeah, big fan of baseball. Not sure what my next moves are as far as, uh, you know, enjoy covering uh, the Blue Jays, but, you know, like talking about uh, baseball and all, all different sorts of other things too. So great to be with you guys again. It's been a while. Graham, you're probably awesome, awesome, man. Everything, every time on, you give us great stuff. Always appreciate it. Make sure you visit Graham uh, on Jay's journal, check out his stuff there. And again, on Twitter, uh, he talks a lot of baseball on Twitter as well at bus Wallace. All right, uh, Graham. Hey, thanks again, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we do. Okay. Be good. Thank you. We'll try. (laughs) That's Graham Wallace uh, again of the Jays Journal. Love, love having Graham on. He's always a great guest. And that was our call to the pen brought to you by Righteous Felon Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code BELLYUP. You're going to get 20% off your purchase. All right, Kev, it's time for segment number three. It's time to get into our fantasy focus. (laughs) 
Our fantasy focus segment is presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com, your one place, go-to shop for everything fantasy sports related, basketball, football, hockey, and of course, baseball as well. You can catch uh, Kevin's latest article on BellyUpFantasySports.com as well as many, many others as well. Please make sure to go visit the website and check all that out. All right, for our fantasy uh, focus segment today, we're talking, we're going to start with ads and drops. Guys that, you know, we're only four days into the season, um, but I've already been dropping guys and having guys, I'm in three leagues and I'm I'm moving on some people right now. And I know Kevin is well known for his uh, in-season movement as well. Um, so I've got, uh, let's see here, four ads and two drops. Um, how many, how many ads do you have? Well, I've got, I can do four and, uh, I could probably do more than that, but I'll stick with four. Okay. And, uh, the drops, I already spoke about, uh, Corey Kluber as a yeah. drop and, uh, it really pains me cause I wanted to have him pitch well. Cause he's, like I said, he's got the Pittsburgh pirates coming up yeah. next. Oh yeah, and so you know Pittsburgh, they looked okay so far, sure. yeah. but you know, a little better than we thought. But if you're going to have a pitcher going up against the Pirates, that's probably something you want to investigate. But <laughs> I did investigate it, and yeah. it was a crash and burn scenario. <laughs> well, I'll give you my drops then, and then we'll go back and forth on our ads. Um, okay. Riley Green, I drafted Riley Green, outfielder out of Detroit. As one of my last picks, I uh, figured I'd take a swing at a young guy uh, prospect. And three days in, I, I was done with him. Uh, I'll keep an eye on him. And maybe he'll pick things up. But uh, Riley Green had a horrible start. There were other guys doing much better than him. So I got rid of Riley Green. And then Max Muncy's the other guy. We've dealt with Max Muncy in the past. Okay. And, and he's day to day because I don't know if you saw that. He got hit in his sensitive zone by a pitch. <laughs> And so, you know, getting hit there, you yeah. know, that's something you want to experience, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, so I have him in another league, and I am thinking that even though he's owned in like 80% of leagues, I think he's got to go. Yeah, I, I don't have him in any leagues, um, and I didn't draft him on purpose. But um, right. I didn't want to either, but that versatility that he has, I'm like, well, right. I'll give him a shot later in the draft. So, yeah. <laughs> but then shot is already guys- gone. Yeah, and that's the same thing with Riley Green. It's a late draft, take a shot on a guy, but it's a guy that you're willing to to roll through fairly quickly and try somebody else out. And so I'm that way with Riley Green and Max Muncy. Now, again, if you're in a 14-team league, then maybe you hold on to both of those guys. Um, I'm in an eight-man league, a 10-man league, and a 12-man league. uh, And I'm I'm giving up on on Green and Muncy in in any league. Okay, I I could do that. I could be there with you on, on both of them. All right, let's go back and forth on these ads then. Who's the first guy that you think someone's got to add? Someone that's got to add is, okay, so um, here's a guy, right? Noah Syndergaard. Now, I mentioned, you know, you asked me before the season began, you know, my homer pick, and he was on the list. And uh, so he goes out yesterday, and oh, it's against Arizona, one run on four hits on six innings. So. And if there's a something that the, the Dodgers know how to do a lot of things, but they know how to use their pitcher. So 
Noah Syndergaard is going to the top of my list. He's only owned in 22.9% of leagues. And if you can get a guy like that and his next start is against Arizona once again. Hmm. So if you can get him to pitch against Arizona and back-to-back starts, I think that's something you really need to look at. I like it. Syndergaard pitching today. Looked good in that Dodger uniform, by the way. Um, my first guy that I'm going to go is a third baseman out of Colorado. Elejiris okay. Montero. Okay. Uh, Montero with a home run, three singles, two RBIs. He has struck out seven times, but third base is one of those weak positions and he plays in a hitter's park. Um, and so again, the price is low for, for Montero right now. You go out and get him, and, uh, and you can survive with him as a guy that you're kind of floating through the different areas of your lineup. Uh, he had a great first two days. He slowed down the last two days, and they're getting ready to face the Dodgers. Um, so that's not always a, the greatest matchup. But, again, he's young, and he showed some some flash, and he's got the job right now, so he can run with it as well. So um, it, especially not if you're in an eight-man league. If you're in an eight-man league, you're not, you're not getting Montero. You don't want Montero. But if you're in a 12-man league, uh, 14-man league, this is a guy that you got to start looking at. And he's only owned by 4.2% uh, okay. of ESPN leagues. Who's another guy you got? Okay, so another guy, and uh, I'm sure this is something you're going to say. Wait, hold on a second, because <clears throat> my guy is Carlos Carrasco of the New York Mets, who happens to pitch tomorrow against your Milwaukee Brewers. Uh-huh. Okay. And this is the guy, I remember, he won 15 games a year ago. True. And so he's a quality guy, and for some reason he got shuffled to the back end of the of the Mets rotation. But maybe that's a good thing for him. And uh, even though he's facing Milwaukee, that puts him possibly into the two-start week conversation. And so I think Carlos Carrasco is a guy that if – and he's only at 16%. Yeah. So he's a guy that I would certainly look at adding if you're looking for a streamer tomorrow. I like it. Uh, my next guy is a guy I picked up in another league. Um, he's, he's actually already on a team in our league, but he's only on 4.7% of rosters. His first baseman designated hitter for Miami, Garrett Cooper. Uh, yes. first two games, he went four for eight, a home run, uh, and two RBIs. And then uh, game three, he went one for five, did not play today, uh, in the game against the Mets. Uh, but Garrett Cooper's a guy who's been around for a couple of years now. He, he gives you stats here and there. In a points league, he gives you points. Uh, you know, on average, two to three points at least. Uh, and on a good night, he's giving you five to six points. So, um, again, these are not people that you're that are just, you know, we can't just put in here as a guy you need to add is Luis Arreyes. Well, of course, he's already on, on a team. <laughs> but right. Garrett Cooper's yeah. guy. Adding players need a first that are already on a team does yeah. not work. It doesn't work. So, uh, Garrett Cooper's a guy that has some history. Um, some positive history and this Miami team looks like they're going to be a fun team this year as well. And he has that first base job pretty well locked up. So Garrett Cooper's a guy that I'm intrigued in, in some leagues. And like I said, added them in, in one of my leagues as well. All right. So uh, I'm going to go to a guy and I can't really believe I'm talking about him because he's a guy that I've been up on. He's a guy I've been down on. And uh, that's uh, Adam Frazier who happens to play now in the, Baltimore Orioles organization. And uh, he is a guy that's second base and outfield qualified. 
He's another guy that's not available in our league. So, you know, we got to give out the shout out to the guys in our league. <laughs> They're getting they guys. know some baseball. All right. But he's only owning 10.7% of leagues. And I really like that second base outfield combination. Mm-hmm. That gives you all kinds of places you could stash this dude at second base. You can put him at second shortstop. You can put him in the outfield spot. You can put him at utility if you need to. But it's not just because of that. Because look at this. Uh, he's, he had two hits the other day. He has three hits today, including a home run. He has eight points in one game, 11 points in another. So that's as can't get much faster than that. So, and second base, as we talked about, is the position that's weak. So, if you're searching for a second baseman right now, Adam Frazier is the guy to me. I like it. And I was going to go to a pitcher, but since we're talking about second baseman, I'll go to a second baseman as well that I have on my list. And a lot of weeks, I'm going to give you something when regards to uh, <laughs> in regards to a Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, Bryce Terang is a kid. He is a, uh, a rookie this year for Milwaukee. He has uh, he plays second base. Now, I think in ESPN leagues, I'm trying to see um, what he's listed as in the ESPN league. He is listed as a shortstop because that's what he played in the minors. But he's going to be playing second base all season long. It's his job uh, there. So right now, he's only eligible as a shortstop. He should pick up uh, second base eligibility uh, as soon as possible. But I watched him again today, and the kids got speed. They brought him in the other day for a, as a pinch runner um, and ended up being a part of winning the game on Saturday night. Then on Sunday today, he got a stolen base, um, a run. He's going to get a lot of opportunities. He only struck out once. Um, this kid is – he's got something going for him. And today he had uh, eight points in our league. Now, again, he doesn't get to play the Cubs every week, every day, but no. um, a good start, no negative points yet to start off the season. And again, he's available. He's he's only on 1.5% of teams. So he's if you need a second baseman, this is a kid who's going to get consistent playing time, and he's going to be running the bases. Uh, he's a ridiculously fast running the bases. Uh, so I think he's a guy that's worth, again, as you get through this season, you get an injury at second base, you got to fill a spot at second base. He's a guy worth looking at, I think, at least uh, in your in your waiver wire. Okay, so that's an excellent uh, observation right there. And uh, one guy that uh, I'd like to put in my drop list and has a guy that got some preseason hype and uh, it was actually written about in in uh, on the Bellet Fantasy uh, website, but it's not working. And that's Brian Delacruz up ah. there in Miami. And uh, – if, if you're going to have an outfielder on your team, it would be preferable if he had a base hit, and he does not have one this year. Not one. All right? So, and he wasn't even in the lineup today. That's all negative. That's bad. So, and he's only owning 5% of leagues. So, if you're holding on to this guy, hoping he's going to splash out, you need to move on and keep maybe keep an eye on him. I certainly would, but, you know, don't don't have him on your roster. He was a popular sleeper pick this year. He was. Uh, was. But that's the thing you got to look at even with sleeper picks. Sometimes sleeper picks are guys you don't draft. Uh, They're guys you watch on. Sleeper picks are sleepers for a reason. Yeah. And it depends on the size of your league. As we're in a 10-man league, as, Mm. you know, 
And so sleeper picks don't really have a whole lot of place. True. On 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 on, except for apparently in our league because everybody's like, give <laughs> me that guy that's only owning ten percent of leagues. But yeah. But uh, Brian Dela Cruz not a guy you need on your team right now. All right, let me give you a picture. Um, and it's funny I'm saying this, and I got to explain myself here in a second. But uh, he's Justin Steele from the Chicago Cubs. Okay. He threw six innings, scoreless, okay. eight strikeouts against the Brewers. Um, okay. Did not get the win in that game. Milwaukee ended up coming and winning at the end of the game. Only gave up three hits. He's young. He had a, a good end of the season last year. He's got some really good stuff. He's only owned in 13.3% of leagues right now. Now, I added a different Cubs pitcher today, not Steele, but my purpose behind this was – Steel just pitched. I picked up a guy who's going to pitch <laughs> early on this week because uh, I was looking for another start. I picked up Hayden Wisniewski, uh, who was Nesky, excuse me, who again is a very young guy, 10.7% owned in leagues. And he's not proven anything yet, but he pitches Tuesday against the Reds. I, I mean, the Reds have looked good to start the season off, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a chance with Hayden Wisniewski also. But if you just need a pitcher for a long sure term, I'm going to say Marcus Stroman right there. Oh no, no, no! Um, if you if you, if you need a pitcher long term, <laughs> go Justin Steele. If you need a pitcher short term, Hayden Wesneski is going to help you out this week. But Justin Steele's a guy that I wouldn't mind. I almost drafted Justin Steele actually, and didn't need any more pitchers by the time that came around. And uh, and now I'm kind of already in that. I got guys at the bottom. I had Cal Kent Quantrell, who I dropped after today's game. And don't plan on picking him back up again. And so I've got like this rotating spot for pitchers now on my team. Um, but Justin Steele's a guy okay. that that I'll go get if he's still available after Wesneski pitches. That, that's a guy that I could have easily have mentioned. And uh, but I'm going to go to a pitcher as well. And uh, you know we talked about our Philadelphia brethren. I what, wonder what they're thinking right now because they let Zach Eflin go. Oh yeah, down there to Tampa. Yeah, and uh, he's at seventeen point four percent, and best of all, he faces the Oakland A's in his next start, and so you definitely. He faced Detroit, okay, first start, then he faces Oakland. That doesn't get any better. Okay? <laughs> and the only way it gets better, Kevin, is the guys who pitch before him. They get Washington, so they start Detroit, Washington. <laughs> and then go there. So they they have the perfect start to the season uh, to roll things along uh, because Oakland is, you know, Jeffrey Springs is a guy that I that you have. Jeffrey Springs in is our my league. team MVP of the weekend. We we didn't mention that. Yeah, but he pitched six innings of no hit baseball with twelve mm-hmm. strikeouts and one walk. And I went and snagged him in another league. I, I have him in one league. Snagged him in the other league. You've already got him in our league. So I couldn't get them there, but Jeffrey Spriggs come through. Springs comes through, um, twelve strikeouts and in six innings, no no runs uh, earned, thirty five points in our league, um, thirty five fantasy dominated. points. Yeah, and look at him, Shane McClanahan, twenty five fantasy points. Zach Eflin, right. twenty fantasy points. Springs now thirty five. This tells you if it doesn't. They still tell you got anything, Drew Rasmussen to go. Yes, and. And understand this, though, if you're listening to the show and you're newer to fantasy baseball, please take this advice as you can jump on these pitchers and, and it could be a good thing. 
But the lesson you should learn from these three games against Detroit is you need pitchers pitching against Detroit. It's not always that Zach Eflin's going to be the guy that stars all season. It's right. that whoever's pitching against Detroit, and Eflin should have a good season, but uh, and Spring should have a good season, McClanahan, all that stuff. But if you got a pitcher going against Detroit, you better play him, and <laughs> you better have him up there. Right. If you've got the room to make that that you know streamer, because streamers mm-hmm. have a place on any fantasy league. All right, doesn't matter if it's ten man, fourteen, whatever. And so, as you observed. At the bottom of my roster, I make moves. Yeah. And I make moves and I bring in these guys that are streamers. And sometimes it doesn't work. Corey right. Kluber did <laughs> not work. Okay. But sometimes it does work. And so that's why you need to just, like you said, you need to check who are they playing against and go with your gut sometimes and just throw the dice. Just remember that in fantasy, there's a starter's, you know, limit. So don't be oh. sitting there saying, I'm going to go out and you know, play five starters every every day. That's right. not going to get it. Right. So. I agree. Uh, Kevin, I wanted to talk to you about a guy that I told you okay. that you were so smart to draft. And you said, well, I'm not smart for that reason, Vince. I watched Mookie Betts play second base today for the L.A. Dodgers, and I just continue to go, I wish I had Mookie Betts on my team. Um, Congratulations um, for having Mookie Betts, drafting him uh, and your first pick overall. And I think you're going to see Mookie get second base eligibility this year, and that just, I mean, that just boosts his value so much. Uh, it does because uh, you look at Mookie Betts and he had seven fantasy, then three, then two. The Dodgers offense has looked a little underachieving thus far, mm-hmm. and uh, so but he's had a hit in three straight games, and so I, I'm I'm all as happy as I can be with Mookie Betts, yeah, right now. And then, um, like you said, if he happens to add that second base eligibility. That, that puts him right in the MVP conversation in fantasy to me. Definitely. Now, let's do that quickly. You mentioned the guy already, but our fantasy MVPs for week one or for the opening weekend, um, who do you got? Well, as I mentioned him on, on my team, it's, uh, it's Springs, only because, as you mentioned, 35 fantasy points. Yeah. So, who else could it possibly be? On offense, my MVP is Cedric Mullins. Yes. He's uh, he's given me seven and nine and nine fantasy points. So, at least on my team, those are my two MVPs. And as far as the league is concerned, nothing has changed my mind as far as Shohei Otani is still the runaway leader oh, yeah. in, in, as far as the MVP and real and fantasy baseball because all he did is he went out pitched six innings and didn't allow any runs. And then he had a home run today. He had two hits yesterday. The dude is just – there's no words. I don't think it, that they've invented the words to describe this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on Cedric Mullins. Uh, the, what he did uh, to start off this season so far has been incredible, and he has just carried the load um, for fantasy teams everywhere. I think you got to be happy about that. I'm going to go pitching, and he's not on my team, uh, but Garrett Cole. I mean, he was a guy that we were battling Garrett around Cole, with top two yeah. pitcher, 
He goes out and goes six innings, 11 strikeouts, 30 fantasy points, um, which is a great start. And there have been several pitchers that started off really well. We talked about Dylan Cease earlier as well. Of course, Shohei and How about uh, the guy that I was talking about, Framber Valdez yeah. of the Houston Astros, in that same game, matched Dylan Cease zero for zero. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to find – I can't find him right now. Um, but, yeah. He had a great there. A lot of good, some bad ones, but some good ones too. Brandon Woodruff, um, again, he's on my Brewers. I love it. He's on my team as well. Eight strikeouts to go with six innings and a win, uh, which is always nice. Or I didn't get the win, excuse me, but the quality start, which is a nice, uh, nice little addition there as well. So a lot of that good. That does things. qualify in our league as you know, quality start is a category in our league. I got it. I think in every league I'm in is quality starts uh, count for something. So, and I'm in three leagues. Like I'm in uh, two head-to-head in, categories leagues, and then the one points yeah. league. Yeah, I'm in two leagues, and uh, yeah. So you quality start and holds should be a place in every team because that just expands out your possibilities that you might want to consider, especially the holds thing. You and AJ Minter over there. Is and he's he's actually their closer right now, but even when he's not, there's a lot of fantasy upside to that. Yes, indeed. Uh, quick rundown of our league. Uh, we still we still go through next weekend for our first matchup of the year. Um, I'm currently dominating Mike Brown, the co-founder of the Belly Up Sports <laughs> Network. Um, so Mike, I always appreciate an easy win. Thanks for playing. <laughs> and uh, Kevin currently beating Dan D'Amico, the defending champion. Uh, by about 20 points. So, uh, on yeah, top it, if, if you notice that, Vince, on opening day, that was not looking good for Team Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the fact that I'm actually beating him, my pitching over the weekend has really come through. Nice. Um, our highest, the highest scoring two teams in our league are going against each other. Uh, my dad, 257 points. Nathan Nguyen, uh, 223 points. So they're going against each other this week and uh, uh, haven't just they're just hammering it out. Um, and then uh, our lowest scoring guy of the opening weekend is Nick Macaronis. Nick, I saw 90, that. He hasn't even busted 100 points yet. Um, Nick, get on it, man. Yeah, come on, Nick. Come on. I know you're watching. Let's uh, let's power up some uh, some some statistics here. Yeah, we got we got to figure something out. All right, Kev. Uh, you can always find Kevin on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. He loves to banter back and forth with you on Twitter. So you can Absolutely. reach out there. Absolutely. Uh, Anywhere you want to banter, I'm there. I'm there for it. Uh, he's also, of course, writes on bellyupfantasysports.com, has an article out every single week that you can check. I'm assuming you're doing add and drop article this week. Add and drop articles will be coming shortly. And, uh, I just want to uh, do some petting of the back right here. As uh, I mentioned uh, when we did the, the baseball super show that uh, my uh, post draft, you know, review yeah. was at, what was it? 23,000 views or whatever it was. And I said, I wanted it to get up to 25. It made it nice. It crossed the 25,000 uh, views threshold. So I appreciate that. The guys are actually checking me out and uh, that, if they're checking me out, that means that they think I'm I'm worth something, which I appreciate that. So, uh, I, you know, when it comes to baseball, it's my passion, always has been. 
and I think that comes through in, in my writing when I do that. So I just appreciate people that appreciate me. I love it. And uh, I'm planning on, I don't think I'm going to have anything on the fantasy site this week. I should have uh, the updated MLB power rankings up on bellyupsports.com. Hoping to get that done for tomorrow. We'll see if I get that done tonight or not. Um, you had an article last week, didn't you, Vin? I did. Um, what did I write on last week? Um, well, it's I escaping. Have... You wrote, but it, it, it was an excellent article. Well, thank you. So very get over much. there to the, the regular <laughs> side of the Belly Up Sports and check that article out because it was really good. Thank you. Yeah, I I do work hard on those and I, I enjoy doing it. So hopefully people enjoy it as well. Um, I got too much going on, so I forget what it did last week, but I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. You know, this is my second show of the day already yeah. and, you know, all the articles. And so it all kind of spirals together sometimes, but all just go to belly up and the belly up fantasy website. You'll find us. Uh, don't forget to visit righteousfelon.com right. from jerky a promo code belly up, get you 15% off mahlerbros.com as well to get you some golf polos. Uh, great looking stuff over there. Again, use that code belly up for 15% off your purchase. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at sports stove. We'll be back next week. It's Easter, but we're going to be here. We're going to be here. We're going to give you some Easter eggs to find uh, in right. the next week. And uh, we're going to be looking forward to bringing that to you next Sunday. I've got another show coming out Wednesday night live at eight o'clock with my dad talking sports in general. We'll be probably talking some NFL draft stuff on that as well as some baseball stuff. And then uh, planning on having some baseball talk on my local hour covering Eastern Kentucky University. Okay. Uh, should have uh, one of the baseball players on. Uh, they've had a, a good weekend, just won their series against North Florida. Uh, so we'll we'll have somebody on to talk. That'll come out Friday morning on the audio only uh, wherever you get your podcast as well. All right, friends. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. We always yeah. appreciate it. Uh, had a appreciate steady Appreciate the love. And uh, Graham, thanks again coming on. Uh, Graham's always great. And uh, as you mentioned, get over there, check him out. Jay's yes. Journal. He knows what he be talking about. So get over <laughs> there and check him out. He's got it all. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>